Okay, so this is another extra added bonus for the listeners and subscribers. And like I said, the more you subscribe, the faster I upload. Now, so I wanted to comment on something that I don't usually talk about, and that's the settings. And I've done so as far as like just a brief explanation, but then go on on a tangent about the characters and what I was talking about. But as far as creating a story and to create a world and something to describe, and if someone was to ask me what it is that I see, I could go on and 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 on about this world. And the very aspect of it is what excites me is because it's science fiction. It's something different. It's whimsical or dreamlike and it has so many different places and one that I'm thinking of that comes to mind is this point in the second book where I describe Seafruits C-Y-F-R-U-I-D-S and it's a base off of something synthetic or a basic type of android and that's why I call it C or circuit or circuit for it and it's spelled interchangeably but I wanted those to be that and and I described this in another story of a Tron like aspect where I was just inspired by Tron in any way shape or form not to mention the guy who was in I believe it was uh, Tron 2.0 or something or Tron Legacy the guy from the Big Lebowski that, that was exciting that's a joke but um (laughs) I thought it was cool that they had these different elements of colors and the color scheme and everything about it was was pretty fly and I didn't think of it as a fad I thought of it as just what they had a a setting for it and so uh, that's one of the origins of Seafreeze and how but they look totally different there is no aspect of how if you would think of it like that that's only a frame of reference because each one of these characters that I I have crafted are different but the reason why I'm mentioning this part of the story is because that's the setting that comes to mind where one of these characters passes away and wakes up in a dream scenario And so then they go through these existential, not trials, but moments of clarity. And it's almost as if they're platforms or floating islands or archipelagos or I don't even think an archipelago is actually connected to something. Um, Just basically floating islands way up high and even if you're in a dream of floating from one island to the next, then that would be the aspect of what you would initially be witnessing. And I like that. Just because it is a different setting that I could go into describing over and over and over and over again, and there would be something new about the setting. And even with the giant, what would you call, and with floating houses inside of it 
that setting is different as well. That one is a setting I have yet to go into the details of. And just to keep in mind and a frame of reference and the reason why I'm mentioning this is that there's so many different settings that I'm telling you about. And this is from like just the first and second book. We haven't even gone into the third book yet. And those settings are different as well. But I continue a few of the stories from the second that make it into the third book. But you must understand, and this is why I'm stressing this, is that the size and scale or sheer scope of the sun is a ginormous, ginormous planet. Just in the sheer celestial body of a sun or star that size is insane parameters is the reason why it is bigger than all the other planets in said system and so with that sheer scale and scope i'm looking like wow i can describe this i can go into that i can reevaluate that and re-describe that and wow it, it's even a monument or anything that's like a part of what you would consider just a house or a plane or something like it's insane parameters of how large it truly can be so that's just some of the quips that I have with describing this story and I also wanted this to be of note to any other writers who write as well and who have trouble with even crafting a world for themselves now I had that same issue in the past, but now it, it comes more readily and more easily to even say something, and once you state it, then expand from it with your imagination, and to continue to do so even after the conversation is done with yourself, to continue with your imagination and, and to keep going. There's so many things that are, are great in life, and the imagination is one of those so you, you kind of and there's so many different writers that have many aspects of how they go about doing their thing and they have routines and things like this but you, you want to have this aspect of having you want to have a new perspective on viewing what a setting is as almost as if it was a living person so that you never get accustomed to just describing one thing or even describing uh, a tree or describing a house and leave it at that and, and don't ever return back to it when in reality that thing is a changing environment and so it is a part of what it is that you're storytelling. Now, obviously there are teachers who will tell you other things and how many ever books they've read. They've read more books than I am alive or how many things I've witnessed. Or just find your way of creating that setting so it always comes back full circle and, and having that to to fall back to so that once again you never get bored with your story 
And those are very, 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 very valuable assets to have. And I just wanted to have this cast to talk about the importance of settings and how even looking into the continuity of a day or how anything expands from one week to the next, the, the setting has changed or the, the, there's moving parts in them and, and the terrain has changed or, or some little details have been meticulously moved uh, from time to time. And just from obviously one person looking on, they wouldn't have noticed, but someone with a trained eye uh, could always tell uh, what about the setting has changed. And you can go to a countryside and look at the tall grass or look at a meadow, and you could see how if one even looks into a season and how the grass has changed, or certain times of the month, you will see certain different types of creatures that are there and certain instances and certain birds there there's those ways of looking at it and what i just said you could segue your speech and your writing style to describe moments in time that way so if you could if you're following to describe birds there at this certain time or something else that is there at another time then it inevitably becomes a a continuity of how you can make the setting its own character in itself and it's always going to be that set thing as the backdrop to the characters obviously but if you were to just let the the screen in your mind look at what it is that you're describing and let it stay there for an extended amount of hours and see all the things that happen you will feel and as for me i feel more comfortable at least having that conversation with myself and, and then coming back to this place it never really even truly has a point of not being a character you just want to have a back-in-your-mind mindset when it comes to characters or even describing certain things to have your frame of reference or your, your characters interact with it. And one could overplay it and then have it be emphasized where the environment affects their characters in a weather aspect or it affects them in how they their mood it, it can do so many different things but inevitably in these first three books I had the settings be this backdrop as if it was a curtain and to play off of the characters emotions at times but not overtly and not something that would be damning to them from their understanding. I wanted it to be something that was there and something that accentuated or helped the character have a frame of reference. In many instances, when someone forgets their memories, the setting is the first thing that gives them comfort and warmth, depending on where the setting is. The setting 
is supposed to have a a framework that someone can come back and and look at and even in the first book I had characters wake up and they would be in trees or even be in, in a sense of turmoil or chaos and that was generally the case in the first few characters while they're deciphering what it is that they know while chaotic things are happening around them it's almost as if they are just like a net or, or bouncing off of what it is that they have in the ice kingdom of the desert you, you have a king that awakens in an ice palace or a, a crystalline palace as I call it but it is basically full of prisms and full of other uh, magical things that he walks through and it's in decadence it's very decked out it's very architecturally unimaginable with things that could only be dreamed about and he awakens as if it is his own place which it is and so just to decipher all the things that are going on there is a challenge in itself and I would love just to even be witness to the parameters or something like that essentially if it was changing and I love that I even created that setting so that I can come back and make other settings and it wasn't just even just that his place had a giant crystalline palace there were others there that just looked like an explosion of crystals in the middle of this desert and from the outside looking in they were all sprawled out but it can go on from many many different aspects that one could even assess how to look at the intricate parts of how it is all interconnected and, and I like having these unimaginable things be pondered about by myself just off of a given chance or the day or even two to five minutes there's so many things that one could think about in a day and thinking about this is something that I find as an aspect of joy and, and I want to share that with others and I would love to have others think of these things not as just silly fanatical nonsense which one could put under that category or if you do smoke weed or whatever to have the aspect of freedom to ponder certain things it, it comes as a joy but then as a gift to have that same aspect of when you were younger and to dream about something that was not there before you I think that is a great asset to have and when you have that aspect then other things are able to be readily explained to you because trust me when I say that this is a never-ending story oh wow so I just wanted to talk about that for anyone listening and not to bore you to death but I wanted to at least make it interesting in understanding where I come up with these crazy settings for the story it is not something generally that I just rip from a different setting and, and something that I've seen it goes into so many other different aspects of how I'm influenced to have that as something that I would love to come back to and to repeatedly come back to you got to have it pretty intricate in your mind from just 
a setting or, or to a describe a setting to someone else, you gotta have it pretty decked out and, and something where it's not just a part of something, but a story that connects with so many other different parts to have that for someone to vibe off of and to even talk about. So yeah, I appreciate everyone for listening. This is V, AKA Vernon English once again. I just wanted to comment on this little part of how important a setting is and the origins of many of these settings I'll go back into in between. And this is a thank you, like I say to my listeners, because I to have a following of just anyone is a gift. And I know why I like a lot of different series. I know how I like George R.R. R. Martin or a couple of other different books that I've read recently and how impactful those words were just in part of describing the human psyche and breaking it down and understanding this continuity of just time and, and how we've evolved in so many different ways. I get the inspiration to describe things in a different light. And I get the, the opportunity of expanding upon something. But I think the most impactful thing is to understand how one can still be surprised. And that when you get to a certain age, you get to the point of this thing of accepting that you know things, but don't know everything. And so there is no barometer as to looking at a subject and deciding how much you know about it. Because I just read a quote the other day that said that uh, the past was a dream and that the present is not there yet. And so, excuse me, not the present, but the future is not there yet. And, and so that's why they called it a present. And to have this or to have someone think about a different scenario and to give different scenarios constantly that don't repeat is also a gift. Because then they'll be like, well, I've heard that story before. I, oh, that, I've seen that scenario with another, another book. There's a point where I would want to sit that person down and have a spliff or they could drink or whatever and, and have a conversation about why they think that they cannot be surprised or that they had seen every scenario that had been presented to them. The thinking of that limits what it is that they see first and foremost. Two, that generally isn't the case. If one has this, if you're a supercomputer, then you, you can assess everything and then go through and reassess everything and then go through and make it something that is, is known and unknown. But there's still generally a sense of mystery that I always want to impart on people that is always and forever will be there that is not explained. And even if you do explain it and you know everything about this said thing, there's still mysterious elements that you don't know about, period. And that's what makes life so, one of the things that makes life so great. One, living. Two, having things that you don't know about surprise you. 
and that's a constant thing that I want to impart in my writing is that we get accustomed to it as adults it's almost a routine we wake up and we do certain things and it's like oh okay dun 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 Okay, I planned this, da da da. What exactly how I planned, da da da. Exactly how I planned, exactly how I planned. Uh, I know how this is. I've seen something reference this before. I'll make an analogy to it, and and that's how it, it becomes this thing in your head. But when you're a kid, everything is new, and everything, even if you've seen something as a reference, it's still new because that was then and this is now. It's not the same thing. It's not even the same day. Those literal facts have my inspiration and my art style changing every day. It it cannot be that. It just it can't be something that I become accustomed to. I never want to get to that point. So thank you all for listening. You must understand it's about the setting, right? And I appreciate it so much. Hit the subscribe button. This is extra for you guys. Because I usually wasn't going to even upload. Thank you for listening. Send some more listeners. (laughs) Peace.